Okay, grudge. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. That was so creepy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Can you imagine if that's like how you always test your audio? Oh. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. I remember it's so funny like when horror movies use sounds like that that seem like out of context completely like normal right and then after like um after me and gavin had seen hereditary he kept going <laughs> to me <laughs> and i'd be like stop it <laughs> stop it <laughs> that was just, oh my god now i've like recovered enough it's been long enough where i can hear it without like cringing but i remember when i was a teenager and the grudge came out and that was one that like <gasps> oh Oh, yeah. I was obsessed like that when sound. that came out. That sound, I was just like, oh, it's, almost, it's so it's like simple. Theatrical, uh, like, yeah, like a, what is it? Cinematic genius to yeah. add that element. I don't know if, because I know, um, is the, I know the grudge is based on a Korean or, or, or is it um, Japanese? Japanese. Mm -hmm. I know they did like a Korean version and the American version, um, but uh, I forget if it's like based on any sort of like folklore you know that's a really good question um because i know that there was like the cat demon boy and i feel like that like maybe that was um part of uh, some sort of folklore like right. not the whole story but like elements of it is based on some japanese like fol folklore of um you know spirits I kind of, and stuff sorry i'm trying to block out like I'm trying to make it so you can see my face. But it I can see your face. So bright. I mean, you look very angelic. <laughs> you're very, what's the word? Very white. <laughs> very, very bright. Um, you're glowing. <laughs> I'm very bright. I'm a vampire. <laughs> um, that would be super interesting to look into. Like, because... Yeah, I, I don't know. Like I... Korea, Japan, like they just they make some of the best horror films and they really do. I don't know. Philippines about... is another great one that does mm -hmm. great horror. Oh my god. Italy. Mm -hmm. Foreign horror films are you have to you have to give them a try and watch because they're yeah. there's something there's something else. They're Oh, amazing. and then there was the um uh I always forget the um Spanish director, but he did record Oh yeah, 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 and and then he made um much later he made uh people might know it more like recently Veronica that was a oh right uh, Veronica that was on a, a Netflix original film that was a horror yes. film that was so that was the same director the scariest film ever um it was yeah, I remember but when it was good <laughs> it it was um it was Darren good. showed uh I remember there was a movie night that Darren showed us record ooh. And then we started watching it, and Marie was like, this is Marie with the good hair, and then our very good friend Darren, who is her boyfriend, um, Marie with the good hair, she's like, wait, this isn't Spanish? Because <laughs> it's completely, like, it's in Spain, it's in Barcelona, uh -huh. I'm pretty sure, or Barcelona. Um, and, I mean, Gavin had no problem with it, because, I mean, he lived in Spain for, like, a year, mm -hmm. and he's near fluent in Spanish. Nice. Um, very little people know or you know assume that um maria is half mexican so she understands a lot more yeah. than you think that she does but um yeah but she was just kind of like and he's like don't worry don't worry there's subtitles <laughs> pause and then he pauses for dramatic effect it's gonna be awesome <laughs> and she's like 
is this a, a psychological she's like is this a psychological thriller like marie does not do horror films <laughs> i swear i after that post i saw on facebook i was trying to think i'm like there's gotta be some like someone out there who's made a list of introductory to horror where it's kind of like right. this is good tiniest bit spooky tiniest bit and then just yeah. build it up yeah um i don't know yeah so yeah what was it like darren was asking for recommendations on like how to ease marie into it or <laughs> was it it was something like that it was something it was someone's birthday i think it was his birthday wasn't it oh yeah or it was i think maybe it was her birthday it was and... someone's birthday and they mentioned the horror films yeah, it might have been his or hers, I forget. But yeah, I think he was showing her like The Conjuring where I'm like, oof. <laughs> yeah, that's not a beginner horror. That is not. Um, it's got some jumps. It definitely has. You know the image of that movie that has always stuck with me hmm. is the when she sees the feet hanging and then the, the feet follow her, like the legs of the hanging woman like follow oh. her. <gasps> That for like of all the other imagery in that entire film, like uh, spoiler, sorry, but um, <laughs> like that was what really stuck with me. Oh my god, that I was that. intense. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was very like, and I'm such a I'm I'm similar to Darren, and like I'm such a fan of um, uh, cinematography. I'm not such an intense cinephile like him because he like knows his shit but we like listen to the same podcast um, uh, we hate movies fucking amazing <laughs> hilarious basically like these four comedians that they're all like cinephiles and they review movies and they pretty much trash movies but they do it in a really hilarious way it's not like me right. and they still do it on like movies that are considered good but they're just funny um, but anyways uh, yeah like I just I always appreciate those kinds of like cinematic, I don't know, like artistic decisions. Oh, totally. Um, and even though like, yeah, that scared the shit out of me and kind of like scarred my inner, <laughs> my inner eye. Like I just kept seeing that over and over again, that like that image of those hanging feet following. See, that's what I think is really cool about horror movies today is, mm. is the imagery like, um, when was it that came out? Gretel and Hansel. Hmm. That movie. That one. Um, it's got the girl. I can't remember her name. She was in it, chapter one, as okay. Beverly. Um, she's a great actress, but she really is. Oh my god! It was. It was. It was a cool retelling of the story of Hansel and Gretel. Hmm. Um, but visually, it was really cool. I think that was my, some people didn't like it. Some people felt it was very slow, but visually, and then the music just, I, I think it's worth a watch just for that. Nice. I'll give it a, I'll give it a try. Is it on like, can you stream it anywhere or? Um, I think I rented it through Prime. So cool. I don't think it's like free anywhere yet, but yeah, she's getting a lot of, um, biz that girl, like she was in. This is not okay, or I am not yeah. okay. I forget mm-hmm. the name. That was a really good show. Unfortunately, they canceled that show on Netflix. Um, oh, but uh, she and then she was in. Oh, she played the young Amy Adams in Sharper Objects or Sharp Objects oh. on HBO. Have you seen that one? No, that show is so good. It's not a horror film. It. I mean, 
yeah, not horror in what you think of, but it's yeah. like a, a thriller for sure. It's really, really dark. Mm-hmm. She does an excellent job, and it's an just an excellent show. I mean, you have Amy Adams too, who's like a fucking boss, right? Um, of an actor, and uh, but yeah, um, movies, man. Mo- hashtag movies. Uh, so now we are at. It's been a week from the time that listeners will hear this that you have been officially a co-host of the show. I know. My face is out there. Um, I love the uh, intro story, like the takeover that you did. Oh, thanks. You did such a good job. Um, And we had, I mean, so thankful to Maria from Besitos and Giggles. Oh Uh, my God, yes. I mean, I know, like, obviously she's going to, like, share the art that she made for us, Mm -hmm. but it it was a a win-win, too, because, whereas Michael Scott would say a (laughs) (laughs) win-win-win, and it would just help us with our, like, exposure and just, like, the perfect time. Yes. Um, We have so many new followers. Um, where I feel like maybe I have to do like an intro post because it's been oh like my since God, the very beginning since mm-hmm. the last time. So we have we we gain like 150 plus new followers in like 48 hours. It was crazy. Yeah. Uh, on Instagram, um, mm-hmm. at least, and we just saw saw our downloads like spike up, which Big is time. um yeah, which is awesome. Um, they're gonna get very uh, they're gonna get a little confused though, like when. They like heard you, Laura, and then they start from the beginning. The one, the folks that like to do chronological this isn't order. Laura. And like, Laura sounds funny and she goes by a different name. <laughs> but, um, they're gonna wonder where my yeah. kid went. <laughs> um, but yeah, super excited to just finally make it official. And I, I mean, it's, it's been weeks leading up to it that you've already been official in like my eyes. Mm-hmm. But now you're like official outwardly. I feel it. I feel like as soon yeah. as I saw the picture, it was like, whoosh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, do you want to, this, this episode, today's episode, um, hi, I'm Maria. Oh, <laughs> 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 And I'm <Jesus>. Laura. <laughs> um, and we're the new witches, and today's episode is a witchy episode, so happy witchy Wednesday, guys. I'm going to let. Laura do kind of the intro into our topic for this episode because this was very much her creation and her like this is your thought baby it it was it was very much a uh hey what do you think about something like like this and then and it like, just kind of it. <laughs> turned into okay we're doing it <laughs> yeah um I mean man with 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 COVID going on and then already so many people very very much in the the broom closet, so to speak. Mm. Um, I feel like so many people turn to social media to, I don't know, you want to share the things that you enjoy, right? Yeah. And so with everyone going to social media, everyone's sharing so much of what their practice is that everyone's just kind of opened themselves up unintentionally to all the negative sides of it. And I'm boom boom. Very quiet. Very quiet. Sorry in the background. <laughs> um, I think he's making bacon. Oh, I can smell he it. doesn't have to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> there's no apologies when there's bacon. Um, just I don't know. I keep going on social media because I'm like mm, I want to share this, and then I see mm-hmm. someone like 
being called out, someone being bullied, someone telling other people they're doing something wrong. And and then I, I'm me and I try so hard to stay out of it. And then you make one <laughs> comment and then people come after you. And then it's like, wait, what do you? I don't understand. So people love correcting other people on social media. And then it becomes like do. this many layered onion of correction upon correction. And mm-hmm. sometimes I, I don't comment. I'm kind of like um, a voyeur, if you will. Yes. <laughs> I'm <laughs> where I learning. just, I go down, <laughs> I go down the comment threads and I like giggle to myself on how ridiculous some, some of these people are. Um, but then at the end of it, I'm like, why do I do this to myself? Cause I just end up yeah. so upset because I, yeah. I, you know, want to defend the people that are just like doing their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just let us live. I mean, obviously, there's yeah. gonna be rights and wrongs in some ways, but we're talking about witchy gatekeepers, is what we're like yes. focusing on. Yes, and I had a oh, oh, I'm a Virgo. All right, guys, <laughs> so it's really hard for me to not tell people when I think they're doing something wrong. Not. Like their practice is wrong, but like, hey, maybe don't go after that person because of blah blah blah. It's really hard for okay. me to stop that. I try so hard not to look at comments. Graham gets on my case when he knows that I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you doing that? Stop reading the comments. Um, but it kind of led me to believe that I think people they get in their head this idea of what it means when someone's calling themselves a witch or Mm -hmm. um, when they say they practice witchcraft. And that's really where the gatekeepery stuff comes in because I, I feel like people maybe don't haven't really done the research on that, on the word, witch, on the word witchcraft and what that includes and what it doesn't include. um, Because everybody it's so different it's so different for everybody i think particularly in this um time in history that we're at where there's a lot of social unrest and it's mm-hmm. um now in times like these where in witchcrafts popularity rises you have a lot of new people coming in mm-hmm. um and in, in an already crowded room now you have like millions of new students that are trying to learn mm-hmm. and maybe bringing some of their own things that they grew up knowing yeah. that is very unique to them yep. that doesn't fit into another person's parameters of what witchcraft is. Exactly. And so when all those voices speak, unfortunately, um, you know, things collide. Yes, absolutely. And it's just, on one hand, I want to just turn my head and be like, man, I feel so bad for all those people. But then when you start to see that people are getting bullied off of social media, saying, you know, I'm tired of this, I'm I'm leaving, peace out. That's mm-hmm. when it gets really hard because that's, it completely loses focus on what all of this is supposed to be. So I figured we could take today's episode to kind of break down witch, witches and witchcraft and, um... I think the title that first came to me was Help, I Don't Fit In. Yeah. Because I think that's what a lot of people end up feeling is, well, I do a bit of this and I do a bit of that. So am I not a witch? Can I not Mm -hmm. call myself that? I don't know. And I certainly felt that way in the beginning. Um, And also there are people who just don't call themselves witches, that they Mm -hmm. feel part of the witchcraft community, but they don't call themselves witches witches um and others that maybe have an identity crisis going yeah i know that i for sure felt that um 
for me as like a, a Christian witch, which sounds like an oxymoron. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, for much of the beginning of this podcast, I felt like I was going through such um imposter syndrome. Yeah. Because I feel like, well, I'm not pagan and I'm not um and or Wiccan or or I know that there's like, you know, agnostic witches that don't yeah. don't subscribe to any sort of religion, but I just felt like first step, don't be a Christian and then you can be a witch was kind of the only way to enter it. Mm-hmm. So I was a little shy to say that I was a Christian witch. Um, and I'm like, maybe I shouldn't call myself a witch or I don't know. Yeah. So I, I, I understand that portion of it. That's like my personal experience. Yeah. I, I, you're not alone in that. Yeah. I know a lot of other people have felt that way. Um, for me, it was kind of the opposite in that it wasn't so much. I mean, I, I, I kind of stopped identifying as Christian. Um, a while ago, but it was more of a, I don't fit what other people think of when they think of the word witch. So I'm not going to call myself that. I don't want people Mm -hmm. to think the wrong thing about me. That was Mm -hmm. my big thing. That's my very Virgo thing. (laughs) 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 Um, so I feel like the first question we'd have to ask is what is a witch? Right. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Which, the etymology of the word witch is pretty vast, but to put it simply, a witch is simply a practitioner of witchcraft. That's it. (laughs) So knowing this, anyone can really call themselves a witch if they practice any part of witchcraft. But But, then the next question is, like, what is witchcraft? Exactly. Um, Mm. So, Maria, would you like to tell us what witchcraft is? Oh, well, I guess. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no, I I have notes here. This isn't out of left field. I guess I'll elaborate on it. Um, okay, so witchcraft, or some people say witchery, um, is the practice of magical skills, spells, and abilities. And of course, like witchcraft is a very broad term, um, because it really varies culturally and societally. I mean, there's so, we went through this in like types of witches. There's so many different practices. And that that episode is just scratching the surface. Like, there's so many different things that you can do within witchcraft. So because of that, it can be very difficult to define, like, precisely. Yeah. Historically and currently in most traditional cultures worldwide, um, so, like, notably in Asia, (laughs) South America, Africa, and African diaspora and, like, indigenous communities, the term is more commonly associated with, like, those who use spiritual means to communicate with spirits deities or their own ancestors um but in the modern era primarily in western popular culture which is where (laughs) we're living yes because i i understand like this podcast is heard globally but obviously you know firsthand we can only speak to what what's going on with us here in the western world um the word may mean more um and it's like more known as kind of like a benign positive or like neutral practice of modern paganism such as divination spellcraft um yeah so to like sum it up witchcraft practice it can include astrology uh methods of different divination like we've gone through Mm -hmm. um spells and spell work your the power of intention using your intention casting a circle working with deities alchemy necromancy um so many more like other ancient practices that Mm -hmm. you may have been passed down to you healing and just like (laughs) Like an infomercial and more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, there is more. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's that's 
it's interesting because that like all of that is included within that and some people who call themselves a witch or don't call themselves a call themselves a witch might use some or all or one of those mm-hmm. things and i'm i'm going to say it now i'm going to call out why i think it's so it's become such a big deal to call people out and say that they're wrong is mm-hmm. i think so many people like me i know i was one of them as a kid i watched the craft and i was like oh, that looks cool and my idea of witchcraft for a long time was what i saw on tv mm-hmm. between the movie and then when charmed came out and i think a lot of people when they first get into it that is sort of how they view it unless right. it was something that was passed on to you yeah and um i mean i know for me personally because of like I was raised Catholic, and so the only like form of witchcraft that I saw was, um, like pop culture witchcraft. Yeah, you know, just um things on movies and TV shows, and so <laughs> I remember when friends would start practicing witchcraft, and I'd kind of like, I'll admit, like I kind of giggled, and I'm like, "You think that's for real?" Yeah. Um, <laughs> I did. I really did. I was just like, I don't like for for me. Witches lived in 1692 in Salem, and that's mm-hmm. where it ends, you know, and um, like people were called witches unjustly, and it was like a fear mongering thing, which is yeah. true, right? But that was the extent of my knowledge and acceptance of witches. Right. Um, and it really wasn't until uh, I started tapping into my own abilities simply in a way to just cope with all of like the ghostly visitations I was having, they just terrified right. me and I couldn't find really any respite. Like what am I going to go to go to my priest and say, I'm experiencing these things and they're going to try to exercise me. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I'm no, I'm, yeah. I know I'm not being like possessed. I just was so afraid to turn to anyone in like my parish mm-hmm. um, about it. I mean, I would tell people like my experiences, but not ask for like help on how to deal with it. Yeah. You know, just like when when people pass around their stories of like ghost stories that they've experienced or heard of, I would say my piece. You know, I knew Mm -hmm. I I always believed in um, the afterlife and like the supernatural and just inexplicable forces that I believe are what magic is, is just Mm -hmm. things that science has yet to be able to explain. Exactly. Um, Because there are things that have a very scientific explanation now that people hundreds of years ago would be like, what sorcery is this? You know, like, yeah. They didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like so that that's... joke in a lot of the movies. The like, the thumb. Oh, the thing with the thumb. Yeah. Did you see <laughs> um, Winchester? Yeah. With Helen Mirren, and mm-hmm. then the guy, he's like a skeptic that goes into like investigate, and he like does this magician's trick with like a dollar bill, and he's like, "See, like it's perception, blah blah." Mm-hmm. Um, and then he starts experiencing all this shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, uh, but yeah, pretty much back to like my point, um, there is a very easy way to like, it's very easy to say something is wrong or something is fake or that's not how things are. Yeah. Um, but I think that is very close minded. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very, uh, I'm not going to say selfish. I'm just going to say just maybe ignorant of others' histories and maybe they have different abilities yeah. and practices and um, one size doesn't fit all. 
Right. And it, for me, for, for me very much personally, it makes me question <clears throat> them and their practice a little bit. Because usually when you feel very comfortable with what you know and someone comes along and questions it, if you feel so, if you feel confident within it, it's not going to shake you too much. So when you see someone saying, I'm doing what you're doing, but they're doing it totally differently. Mm-hmm. It makes me, I don't, I don't know. I, I, there's a word and I, my brain's not finding it, but, um, kind of along the lines of like, oh no, brain just took like a, a mad fart. <laughs> man i can smell it from here a <laughs> uh, little bit of what i was talking about in my story the other day one of the many things i deal with my brain just kind of goes like we're dealing with other things so <laughs> we're gonna put thoughts on hold for a moment um but no i think when you are at a point in your practice like if you're talking about you know your power in the world and where you fit and caring about other people why would you go after someone else's practice so hard? I just can't yeah. wrap my head around it. Yes. Every, um, everyone has a different lens of perception in this world, and no two people are going to view the entire world the same way. Yeah, agreed. I think, like, unless your form of witchcraft involves some sort of particular religion like religious parameters or like maybe there are certain parameters within your coven if you're accepting something somebody new into your coven like yes then there's going to be criteria that they'll have to meet but you know Um, but just because they have a different there's so many different kinds because people couldn't agree we just could not we couldn't agree um so where were we which i get it um we were complaining oh yes right my favorite activity <laughs> um yeah bitches be cray was that bitches our last point i don't so, remember <laughs> probably it, honestly i think bitches be misunderstood and um misinformed yeah and um honestly there's just uh even if you don't encounter um people who gatekeep Right. Even if you have a very positive experience on social media as you're trying to learn about witchcraft, maybe you're just shy about using the term witch and maybe you're like witch adjacent or something to that effect. So we'll go into those different types. And we're not saying that these are the only types that um, are witch adjacent, Mm -hmm. but. Please hold while a plane flies over my house. (laughs) Um, So earlier. Me and Laura were trying to start this damn episode, and we were like, all right, 10 a.m., let's do it. And I sit here at um, 9.58, and then a fucking guy with a leaf blower decides to just blow all of his 10 leaves on his lawn in the middle of summer <laughs> for, like, 15 goddamn minutes. And I'm like, let's reschedule for a little later. He just really wanted to get them and give them a oh good ride. Oh, my God. he It was so hilarious. I was watching him from... Um, um, my front window and I'm looking at him to see like what is he doing because I'm like I couldn't tell what it was exactly it was like a lawnmower (laughs) I saw it was a a leaf blower and this guy is like blowing these group of 10 leaves back and forth from like one side of the lawn to the other and I think he genuinely believes that he is blowing a bunch of these leaves like wow my my lawn is very leafy but really he's just taking these leaves out for a walk 
on his front lawn. <laughs> and then he starts like leaf blowing the driveway that has no leaves. I don't know. Just debris. I think maybe teeny maybe tiny they just particles cannot of stand any sort of debris in their front lawn slash driveway. I thought it was very or funny. Or they got into a fight with their significant other and they were like I need to go blow some leaves. Yeah, like Kevin Bacon, he's just like has his 80 music on in his headphones, but instead of dancing because he can't dance, he just rage leaf blows. <laughs> Working it out. That would explain I the twirl that I saw him do. I hope everything is well for them now. <laughs> Hit the resting. I just thought it was some weird leaf blowing technique. Anywho. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, another thing is like I just, I live like five minutes from an airport, so... Sometimes planes be flying. You're just set up so well. well yeah, guys, can you tell we're real profesh set up over here? Um, also, honestly, a reason like we would love to have more Patreon members because we really want to save up to have some soundproofing equipment and whatnot and, and mm-hmm. other goals. But the soundproofing is definitely one of them. And so um, we'd love to get you some cleaner, like better quality audio. So help a witch yeah. out. Find us on patreon.com slash the new witches. Thank you. Please and thank yes. you. <laughs> but yeah, so <laughs> Much let's go into the types of witch adjacent peeps. Let's do it. So the first kind I decided I wanted to cover because obviously it kind of fits yeah. me. And that's paganism. Mm-hmm. Neo-paganism, reconstructionism, and there's other types. So paganism is essentially an umbrella term that means you don't follow an Abrahamic religion. And Abrahamic, if you don't know, that would be like Christianity, um, Judaism, Islam. Um, Islam, things like mm-hmm. that. <laughs> From um, a, the book Paganism, A Very Short Introduction by Owen Davis, he wrote, It is crucial to stress right from the start that until the 20th century, people did not call themselves pagans to describe the religion they practiced. The notion of paganism, as it is generally understood today, was created by the early Christian church. It was a label that Christians applied to others. One of the antitheses, a word that my brain has a hard <laughs> antitheses. time coming out of my mouth. Yes, that were central to the process of Christian self-definition. As such, throughout history, it was generally used in a derogatory sense. So this is very similar to the word witch, mm-hmm. which was kind of used in the same way. Yes. And now people are embracing yep. both. Um, so what classifies a pagan religion? Well, a couple people wrote a book about it. And um, I think it's called A History of Pagan Europe. Ooh. So these are the, the some of the traits that they identified to classify a pagan religion. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would include polytheism. Mm-hmm. So pagan religions recognize a plurality of divine beings which may or may not be considered aspects of an underlying unity. So very much like a trickle-down effect of gods and goddesses, basically. Right. Kind of like like for the Norse, Odin's the All-Father, but he's not like where things began Mm -hmm. from. Um. And the ash tree. (laughs) I don't know. I just remember a big ash tree. Yggdrasil. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Another characteristic is that they tend to be nature-based. So some pagan religions have a concept of the divinity of nature, which they view as a manifestation of the divine, not as the fallen creation found in dualistic cosmology. 
which I didn't look that up to try to Cosmology. explain. Cosmology. So sorry. That just sounds like cosmetics <laughs> to me. Are they calling them Too Faced? No, I'm just kidding. I'm, so, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> That's just what like it sounds like. You dualistic cosmologist. <laughs> <laughs> you dualist. <laughs> um. Another and final characteristic is sacred feminine. This is very popular mm, yes. in pagan um, beliefs. So some pagan religions recognize the female divine principle identified as the goddess, as opposed to individual goddesses, mm-hmm. based or in place of the male divine principle as expressed in the Abrahamic god. Yeah. Yep. So, yep. and there there are other characteristics. This is just what some people. When like the most commonly beliefs. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So even within paganism, there are different types of pagans. Mm-hmm. So for someone to call themselves pagan, you, I think, already need to kind of assume that either they they haven't looked into where they fit or they don't care to. And you have to you have to accept that. You have to be okay <laughs> with that. Um, Wicca is actually usually included in the types of paganisms Mm -hmm. but we're talking about that separately because i think it also deserves its own yeah Mm -hmm. talk um so before i get into the types i i do want to mention two other umbrellas that fall under the main pagan umbrella so if you will again like a waterfall Mm -hmm. there's paganism and then there's two others and then from those flow the types that i'll get into so the two main kinds that you'll run into is neo-paganism and reconstructionist paganism. So, I'm interested to learn about reconstructionist because I haven't heard much about that. It's, I love it. I don't go by it because I feel it's super difficult and I admire people who do. Neo, neo-paganism, it's also known as contemporary or modern paganism. And it's a movement by modern people to revive nature revering or living pre-Christian religions or other based spiritual paths. Um, Frequently, they also incorporate contemporary values at odds with ancient paganism. Um, And this definition may include groups such as Wicca, Neo-Druidism, and heathenry, which is very popular these days. So being at odds with ancient paganism is kind of where you get into the reconstructionist paganism and why it's separate. So reconstructionist paganism attempts to reestablish historical polytheistic religions in the modern world in contrast with the neo-pagan practice of combining different beliefs like Wicca channeled movements that you find in Germanic mysticism or theosophy um so reconstructionist is people who they 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 look back to history Mm -hmm. and try to reconstruct exactly what was practiced got it way way back got it and to me that just seems so difficult because we're kind of limited with what we know and i think it's it's going to be an ever-evolving thing for somebody because you're New information is going to come out. You're going to find out one thing was wrong, but there are people who are very hardcore reconstructionist, and I very much admire it. Um, I think for the most part, though, when someone is pagan, you're probably going to run into someone who falls under the neo-paganism. Right. I think that's like the majority of the people that I know and interact with are mm-hmm. neo-pagan um, that do identify as a pagan is like the modern version. Yeah. Because even, even like for me, I 
I very much enjoy looking back. I want to know as best as is possibly known what exactly was practiced, but that doesn't mean I'm going to practice exactly that because I do live in a modern world. Mm -hmm. So I guess technically I fall under neo-paganism. Okay, cool. I don't use it, but I guess that's Yeah, that's the thing too. Like Um, you don't have to be (laughs) either of these things. Maybe lean more towards one or the other, but it's like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's like uh, being extroverted or introverted. Like, no one's 100% one mm-hmm. or the other. You're going to fall somewhere on a spectrum. Yeah. So, that being said, um, I'll get into some of the different types of paganisms. So, the first is druidry or druidism. Oh, I love this. <laughs> I know. It's a pagan religion that seeks to the greatest yearnings of humanity. The Order of Bards, Ovates, and Druids, a worldwide group dedicated to, to druidry, defines these yearnings as the desire to be fully creative in our lives, to commune deeply with the world of nature, and to gain access to a source of profound wisdom. Thus, the three goals of druidry are wisdom, creativity, and love. Like other pagan traditions, druidry has no real set dogma or sacred text. Druids run the gamut from monotheistic to polytheistic to those who believe that deity is by its very nature unknowable. Given the many different views that will be found among druids, druids tend to put a high focus on tolerance of diversity. Nature is held by druids to be sacred. Most druids also believe in the other world, the place that souls go after they die. Many, but not all, druids believe that souls spend some time in the other world before they reincarnated back into this world. Mm. And something to note, too, is I've come across some people saying druidism is somewhat closed. Um, Not totally closed, but more in the fact that to be a druid, you do have to go through, like, a word-of-mouth kind of not initiation, but like because there are no sacred texts, there's not much like you can't really study it. So it's like it. an oral tradition kind of yeah. learning to be mm-hmm. a druid. But yeah, but there are places that you can go. Okay. To kind of go through that process. So like it's not totally closed, but it's um it's not like you can read a book and, and be like, okay, I consider myself a druid. There is um you can be on the path got to it. it. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So then the next one we'll get into um, is, Asat- I always say it wrong, and of all things for me to say wrong, <laughs> Asatru, um, also called heathenism. Mm-hmm. It's a pagan tradition based on Old Norse beliefs. Okay. So this is kind of where you get into a group of people who are kind of reconstructionists. Mm-hmm. They really try to be reconstructionists, but not totally. Okay. So there is an actual church of this, and they study as much as they can to incorporate, but there are definitely some modern things that exist within this. Um, So they believe in the Norse pantheon, that includes Odin, Loki, Freya, and Thor, and follow a set of guidelines known as the Nine Noble Virtues, and that's the more modern part of it. Um, These virtues are courage, truth, honor, fidelity, discipline, hospitality, industriousness, self-reliance, and perseverance, which I honestly think those are fantastic virtues to try to live by. Um, It's an unusual, it's unusual among pagan religions and how much it focuses on history. So that's that reconstructionist part. Um, 
Druidry and pantheon-based pagan paths have roots in ancient traditions, but most scholars agree that modern paganism rarely has as much in common with its ancient roots. Um, heathenism, however, works to be as similar to the old Norse religion as possible while adapting the religion to a more civilized age. So some people will very much say those are two different things, and some people will use them kind of interchangeably. Got it. Um, both are should be respected. Yeah. It's very up to them to decide what they want to be called. Um, and what's interesting to note, too, is um, not interesting, but I think should be known is some people will follow this path um, that are white supremacists. Mm. And they try to use these as like their. I don't know. You'll see runes that they use for like white power, things oh. like that. And there oh, are groups like heathens. <laughs> I know. Heathens against Heathens United Against Racism is one group. It's there's been like this constant battle within this community of trying to weed out these white supremacists and saying no. That's not what we're actually about. <laughs> that's the no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so I do think that is something to keep in mind. I've come across it a couple times where I'm like, "Oh cool, this looks like a fun person." Oh wait, what? <laughs> Uh, and then i unfollow block (laughs) (laughs) so but okay so that talking about they follow the norse pantheon druidism i didn't really say it um because it didn't come up in like when i was trying to look for exact definitions but that's more of like celtic yes beliefs Mm -hmm. um i always think back to um outlander because the druids no. <laughs> the druids were the ones that like did the ceremony that created the time traveling mm-hmm. thing. I don't know. They talk about druids a lot in that show. But anyways. Yeah. But Celtic Celtic paganism is different from druidism. And that gets me into pantheon-based paganism. Um which is basically it's just a catch-all term for various pagan traditions that are centered around a specific pantheon rather than a set of guidelines. So Asatru, given its emphasis on the North's pantheon, could technically be considered a variant of pantheon-based paganism, but the guidelines and organization within heathenism set it slightly apart from any from many pantheon-based paths. Um, pantheon-based paganism is exactly what it sounds like, pretty much. It is pagan religions that are centered on a specific ancient pantheon, such as the Greek pantheon or the Celtic pantheon. And by pantheon, we mean uh, you mean like. Uh, a group of deities like that yeah. belief system like when you think of um mm-hmm. uh roman gods greek gods and then there's the norse gods there's egyptian yep. gods and so it's a paganism that is centered around one of those groups of gods yes and they within those sometimes there will be like a name for it like i know those who follow um like e- the egyptian pantheon will call themselves comedic okay which I didn't really, I didn't get into that here because, mm-hmm. like I said, so many. I could have just added and added. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> um, But I, I figured I can kind of include that in Pantheon base. Right. So if you are really drawn to, like, let's say you have a connection to, like, an, your Irish background, mm-hmm. you might want to connect with, you know, the Celtic Pantheon because that might have been who your ancestors worked right. with way, way back. And this is probably the most popular type of paganism that i see on social media 
like some people might fall under other things, but a lot of them will specifically say I followed this pantheon, which I think is kind of cool. Um, the final paganism I'll talk about is eclectic paganism, mm-hmm. which I do not hear anyone use this term, but um, a lot of people fall under this yes. too. And because this is the epitome of no dogma. This tradition is most commonly practiced by solitary pagans or pagans who do not belong to a coven or grove, which are two sorts of um, pagan congregations. Mm -hmm. Eclectic paganism is exactly what it sounds like. It's a pagan path that pulls from a variety of traditions. They may worship Odin and Hera, but uh, use Celtic rituals. They might also observe a unified pantheon or follow the guidelines of another pagan tradition, but create their own unique individual rituals and practices. It's difficult to define even by pagan insiders because there's no official dogma in paganism. Mm -hmm. Um, As such, the lines between traditions blur, which makes it hard to decide who is pulling from multiple traditions. Yeah, and I feel like this is um, maybe the more modern um, pagans and neo-pagans that I encounter on social media. Um, A lot of them are, are rather eclectic. Um, yeah, in like the deities that they choose to believe in or work with, and it's very mm-hmm. like across you know different um like ancient cultures that they're pulling from. Oh, but also totally. that might make sense as... if you if your ancestral background is very um. Exa- that's mixed, what I was just gonna you know? say for like an American, especially if you're looking to work with ancestors and you you know you look back. Like, for me, like, okay, I can go to the Norse, but I've also got the Celtic that I can call on. I have the Basque. And Anglo-Saxon even has their own mm-hmm. set. Um, and so on and so forth. So it makes more sense, I think, for a lot of people to be drawn to this. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I wanted to note that not all pagans view their beliefs as religion. I know, like, that was in a lot of these mm-hmm. definitions. But a lot of them, you mention the word religion and they go, nope. Yeah. <laughs> True. Please, no, thank True. you. And not all pagans want to be called witches, even though some of their practices fall under the definition of witchcraft. Right. So it's up to them if they want to use it or not. And that's, that's why I consider myself a new witch, because it was only recently that I adopted that word for mm-hmm. myself. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, it's totally up to the person. I just like want to stress that so much. Um, yeah, I would hate for somebody to be like, uh, "Well, this is you know how the new witches defined a witch, and that's what you're doing. Why aren't you calling yourself a witch?" Right? Or, or um, we're not saying that these people are witches again, like witch adjacent, and they're you're. I yeah. mean, if you're in the like online witch community or even like in person. I'm not part of any in person witch communities other than like knowing mm-hmm. Laura. <laughs> uh, really. And even then it's like it's been so long since I've seen you yeah. because of this pandemic. But if you you know, know, once things are, you know, more open and people actually socialize more, you might run into other people in your circles that um mm-hmm. practice a lot of the same things that you practice, believe in a lot of the same things that you believe. Don't tell them what they are. Yeah. Don't tell them what they are. Even if you, for some reason you disagree with it, rather than acting on that, maybe ask yourself why you disagree like, with it. Like, why are you so invested in this person's identity? Yeah. Why does it why matter does so it, much uh, to you? You know, it, it, 
I think when somebody insists on something like that, it's because it threatens your identity. And maybe that's something that you need to look at. That's like what I was trying to get to when my brain started. <laughs> like that exact. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you came in with the assist you you and I it. went in for the kill. All right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, all right. So we, um, so that's paganism. I'll go into mm-hmm. Wicca. And this mm-hmm. is, it's so funny because, um, when I was reading all this, um, it kind of like blew my mind about some things that I misunderstood about Wicca. Ooh, um, I'll get okay. into those when, when it comes up in the notes. But so yeah. pretty much Wicca is considered a modern pagan religion um, and scholars of religion categorize it as both a new religious movement and as part of the occultist stream of Western esotericism. Um, so it was developed in England. During the first half of the twentieth century, I won't. I won't do my notes in that voice. Um, I already. I even offended myself. I'm not English anyway. Um, well, the first half of the twentieth century, and was introduced to the public in 1954 by Gerald Gardner, a retired British civil servant. And this is where I'm like, wait, who? What? Um, because I thought it was like so much older. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if anyone else remembers that Scooby Doo movie with the Hex Girls, and they're like in Salem. And then they talk about this, like, <laughs> witch that supposedly haunts this town. And then they're talking about the history of this witch. And they're setting her as if she's, like, one of the early, like, colonists, like, or, like, pilgrims. And then they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, she was a Wiccan. And I'm like, wait, that timeline doesn't check out. Because they're, yeah. like, showing her as, like, a 17th century woman. <laughs> right. You know, honestly, I would love to do an entire episode about witchcraft in the 1600s mm-hmm. specifically in the new colonies because it's you know what would be so amazing so is if um maybe in the same episode or or separate episode we do like we watch the witch and it's so oh my gosh so good and talk about because really it's like the full embodiment of the fear and the full belief of what they thought a witch was back yeah. then um, it's not the movie's mm-hmm. not saying that's what witches were. They make it very clear it's a fairy yeah. tale, like a horror fairy tale. Um, but I would mm-hmm. love to like dissect that film. It'd be so fun. Totally. And I I don't know if you know her, but there's an author, um, Catherine Howe. She's written a couple books, like fiction books. Um, but she basically has a degree, like specifically in witchcraft in the colonies. Oh, she's like a specialist. Like she's an expert. Let's get her on the show. Yeah. I might be able to reach out to her. I have a um, signed copy of her the manuscript for her second book. I love it. That's amazing. Let's She's get amazing. her on. Wait, we'll talk Let's about it later. On. All right. Yeah. Anyways, sorry. <laughs> uh, welcome to our staff meeting. Um, <laughs> all right. Back to the show. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So, Gerald Gardner. Gerald Gardner. Retired British civil servant. Mm-hmm. 1954. Um, Wicca draws upon a diverse set of ancient pagan and 20th century hermetic motifs for its theological structure and ritual practices. So when the religion first came to public attention, it was commonly called witchcraft. Um, So, for instance, uh, Gerald Gardner, the man regarded as, quote unquote, the father of Wicca, um, referred to it as, quote, craft of the wise, quote, witchcraft and, quote, the witch cult during the 1950s, um, which is so funny because there's no evidence that he ever actually called it Wicca, um, although he did refer to the collective community of pagan witches as the Wicca, but spelled with one C. 
So I feel like mm-hmm. that's interesting how kind of like the yeah. word Wicca came from and like even like the founder of this religion pretty much didn't even call the religion Wicca. He just called its people Wicca. Right. Um, so although, he, uh, blah, blah, so as the name uh, for the religion Wicca with two C's developed in Britain during the 1960s, um, and it is not known who precisely invented the term Wicca in reference to the religion, although one possibility is that it might have been Gardner's rival, Charles Cardell, who was referring to it as the craft of the Wiccans by 1958. So he was the one that was mm-hmm. saying Wiccans, um, right. which I think is so funny. Uh, the first recorded use of the word Wicca appears in 1962, and it had been popularized to the extent that several British practitioners founded a newsletter called The Wiccan in 1968. Um, so theological views exist within Wicca, and they're like really diverse. Um, the religion basically encompasses theist, theists, atheists, agnostics, um, some viewing the religion's deities um, as entities with a literal existence and others viewing them as Jungian archetypes or symbols, which is actually how mm-hmm. the latter is how I view um, gods or goddesses, because obviously like so I'm, I'm a Christian. Right. So yeah, I'm a monotheist um, not to like insert mm-hmm. my beliefs into this explanation of Wicca, but you know, it's very varied, I guess how people interpret and use that. Yeah. This religion. Um, so even among theistic Wiccans, there are divergent beliefs. And Wicca includes pantheists, monotheists, duotheists, and polytheists. Mm-hmm. All the theists. 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 Um, so, <laughs> so, yeah, so common to these divergent perspectives, um, however, is that Wicca's deities are viewed as forms of ancient pre-Christian divinities by its practitioners. Many Wiccans believe in magic a manipulative force exercised through the practice of witchcraft or sorcery. Uh, many Wiccans agree with the definition, of, uh, the, the definition of magic offered by ceremonial magicians such as Aleister Crowley, um, who, or I guess Crowley. I always want to say Crowley. It's actually pronounced Crowley. Crowley. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Crawley, who declared that magic was, quote, the science and art of causing change to occur in conformity with will, unquote. While another prominent ceremonial magician, McGregor Mathers, stated that it was, quote, the science of the control of the secret forces of nature, unquote, which that's the one that I like better for me. But anyways, Mm -hmm. many Wiccans believe magic to be a law of nature as yet misunderstood or disregarded by contemporary science. And as such, they do not view it as being supernatural, but a part of what Leo Martello calls, quote, superpowers that reside in the natural, unquote. So pretty much kind of like what I said earlier, things that yeah. are scientific and just like, like, what is it called? Like preternatural things that we can't explain yet. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, some Wiccans believe that magic is simply making full use of the five senses to achieve surprising results Whilst uh, other Wiccans do not claim to know how magic works, merely believing that it does uh, because they have observed it to be so. And some spell magic with a K, um, which is a variation coined by the influential occultist Alistair Crawley, 
though his spelling is more commonly associated with Crawley's religion of Thelema than with Wicca. But it's a really great way, I think. Uh, I remember when I was first getting into the um, witchcraft world and seeing people uh, spell it with a K, and I wondered why. And when I looked it up, um, Crawley didn't come up, but I saw it um, basically explained in a way of like trying to pretty much um, distinguish magic with like magic of witchcraft and magic of like magicians or illusionists right um yeah so that's quick explanation of like you're not gonna make a love spell and a man's gonna poof exactly yes Mm -hmm. so many rituals within wicca are used when celebrating the sabbaths um which is worshiping the deities and working uh, with magic. And often these take place on a full moon or in some cases a new moon, which is known as the Espot. In typical rites, the coven or solitary, um, because you don't have to be in a coven to be Wiccan, I don't believe, right? I've, ha- I've had Wiccans that haven't been part of, have had, I've known Wiccans that haven't been part yeah, of covens. Yeah, solitary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they, be- uh, they, basically assemble inside a ritually cast and purified magic circle. Casting the circle may involve the invocation of the guardians of the cardinal points alongside their respective classical elements. So air, fire, water, earth. Um, So it's like, you know, calling the corners, um, Mm -hmm. calling upon upon those cardinal directions, north, south, east, west. Very Yeah, exactly. Like literally (laughs) the part where they're like on the beach and then there's like the thunderstorm. That's like Mm -hmm. what I picture in my head. Um, (laughs) Once the circle is cast, a seasonal ritual may be performed. Prayers to the god or goddesses are said and spells are sometimes worked. And these may include various forms of raising energy, including raising a cone of power to send healing or other magic to persons outside of the sacred space. So in constructing um, his ritual system, Gardner, I remember the baby daddy of Wicca, um, drew upon older forms of ceremonial magic, in particular those found in the writings of Aleister Crawley. And these rites often include a special set of magical tools. Um, So these usually include um, a knife we've gone over that's called an athame. There's the wand, a pentacle. There's the chalice and other two tools include the um, Bruce broomstick or otherwise known as a besom, a cauldron, candles, incense, um, and a curved blade known as a bowline or is it bowling? I always read it as bowline. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm going to say it's either. bowline. <laughs> um, so an altar is usually present in the circle in which ritual tools are placed and representations of the god and the goddesses may be displayed. <clears throat> Excuse me. Before entering the circle, some traditions uh, f- uh, have the practitioners like fast for the day or they ritually bathe in some way. And after mm-hmm. a ritual has finished, the god, goddess, um, and guardians are thanked, the directions are dismissed, and the circle is closed. Uh, basically, mm-hmm. when you think of witches and witchcraft, Wicca is probably what you are imagining, and it's where Hollywood tends to pull its inspiration from. Yeah. Yeah. Wicca, it's very cool. I like getting into the history of Wicca a little bit. I will say that there are more and more people who are kind of like they're followers of it, but will also point out that it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the the names mentioned, um, there's some not so great things about yes. these men. As yeah. Well. Um, so it's something to keep in mind if this is the path that you are thinking about, or maybe are on and mm-hmm. didn't know. I- just because I think you should always. Yeah. Just no, do your, again, sides. do your research. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
there's lots there's lots to be found on, For on sure. that. So yeah, that's it's funny. The craft is what my very first like wow. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. My next door neighbor at the time was very much into it. It's I think it was because of her I saw it. I can't I think she convinced her parents to ask my parents to go to the movies with her. And why at our age they were like, sure, the craft sounds cool. I don't think my parents knew that's what I was going to see. The craft, like um, um, arts and crafts? That sounds lovely. Go right? for it. <laughs> Perfect. Um, we would very much try to recreate everything mm. that they did. I think I was I was north. That was the direction I was given. North and earth. Oh, nice. Is what such, I was Such a about. Virgo god. Uh... even before i knew what that was (laughs) um so i guess i kind of can thank her to like like getting me into it's also because of her i met graham oh really you just sent her a fruit basket a lot (laughs) send her a goddamn fruit basket god laura edible arrangement throw her a bone (laughs) 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 all right so those are kind of two big things that I think everyone knows, mm-hmm. right? When we Paganism talk about and Wicca. Yeah. But there's there's some other sides to it that really are more of the, I don't call myself witch, but I feel a part of the community. Yeah. Um, And so I'm going to talk a little bit because this is another one that we could so get into, Um, but is occultism and mysticism. Yes. Which I like, it didn't even occur to me for a while that mysticism was its own yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Which I, I found this person on TikTok that is all about um, like the Jewish mysticism. Mm-hmm. And then there's this, that, oh, it's there's Islamic mysticism, incredible. there's Christian mysticism, there's so many different yep. kinds of mystics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very cool. So I'll get into it. Um, as far as occultism, we can really thank the Victorians for this. Yes. And like we kind of talked about this a little bit yes. after our last recording. Um, which I wrote, I think it would be awesome to do an episode all about that. Like what they were into, mm-hmm. how they got into it, the ectoplasm. Like, the ectoplasm. Cool, but... <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> which I know I know someone who um they did like a couple like photography sessions, like recreating the look of that. Oh shit. One of them, oh, she, which I think I mentioned her before I was, like, involved with the podcast as someone to interview. Mm-hmm. She was involved with that. Ooh. Oh, um, this is another staff <laughs> meeting. <laughs> um, so occultism. In the broadest sense, the occult is a category of supernatural beliefs and practices considered to neither fall under religion nor science encompassing such phenomena as belief in vampires or fairies and movements like ufology and parapsychology. Throughout the 20th century, the term was used by a range of different authors, but by the 21st century was commonly employed, including by academic scholars of esotericism, um, to refer to a range of esoteric currents that developed in the mid-19th century and their descendants. Occultism is thus often used to categorize such esoteric traditions as spiritualism, mm-hmm. theosophy, anthroposophy. Oh, anthroposophy. Yep. My brain went here, right? <laughs> um, the Hermetic Order of the Golden oh Dawn and New Age. So that's another umbrella term. 
Which the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn actually stems from something else. Too, Sounds like a book series like a that I would definitely read. Yeah, it's there are some really cool <laughs> books. Um, it's from this that you get like as above, so below. Ah, uh, as within, so without. I fucking love. Which as above, so below is a fantastic movie. <laughs> I, I haven't seen it. it. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Oh, it's good. I think it's a good. It's like horror, but it's like an Indiana Jones Ooh. horror kind of, but not really horror. Like I don't know. Eerie. I think it's on Netflix. Uh, yeah, got it. Cool, cool, it's cool. eerie. I'm in love with it. I don't know. Anyway, um, spiritualism is probably the most known tradition under this term, but occultism includes so many more practices. It includes new Age too, um, right? Like New Age spiritualism mm-hmm. is, falls under this kind of category. Yeah, but that also has its own little yeah. category too. Like everything, every it's. If you've ever done a family tree, like this is it. Yikes. I'm just thinking of like, it just remember when out. Jack Black on the chalkboard in School of Rock draws like all the, 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 di- the diagram of like where rock splits off from and it goes like everywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. The same thing. Same thing. A mind map. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, demonology, necromancy, spellcasting, and divination can fall under the occult umbrella. Um. The term occult has been used as a substance. Did I misspell that? It's been used as um, the occult, a term that has been properly. <laughs> Let's just skip that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Your brain is just like, no, Again, thank brain- you, girl. You kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Which I do have to say, I just came out of like a week of being in. Like, a decent amount of pain. Oh, I'm sorry. From just, like, my neck and stuff. Today, I woke up feeling okay. So, I think my brain's catching up. <laughs> so, yeah. Now we know it as the occult. Right. Usually when we when we hear, when we hear talk about mm-hmm. it. Um, the term was popularized by the publication of Colin Wilson's 1971 book, The Occult. <laughs> <laughs> this term has been used as uh, an intellectual wastebasket. Into which a wide array of beliefs and practices have been placed because they do not fit readily into the categories of religion or science. So the occult is, it's a category into which gets placed a range of beliefs from spirits or fairies, psycho, parapsychological experiments from UFO abductions to oriental mysticism from vampire legends to to channeling and so on. (laughs) Wait, what? Yeah, that was a... That was a copy and paste. Though I do think if you Google it, it it, it breaks it down. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah. Mysticism. So that can be defined as the pursuit of communion with the ultimate divinity, reality, spiritual truth, or God. A mystic is a person who has found the balance of this union. The term has been expressed in various ways due to the differences in the religious, social, and psychological traditions, and these deep beliefs are often considered to be beyond perceptual or intellectual comprehension. Mysticism is defined to be spiritual in nature, but experienced in the perfect consummation of the love of God. Mm. The definition of mysticism is so wide that it cannot be limited to any one religious tradition, but considered as the origin of many teachings. Which very much, yes, if you look into it. 
Um, in today's definition, the word mysticism is often used for non-rational viewpoints of life and the world in general. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> Spirituality and mysticism <laughs> are considered to be interconnected as both deal with the transcendent or rapturous experiences. The approach and the, com the commitment is what defines the difference between the two. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I I understand mysticism as well. It's just like um, that, be, uh, you know, meeting with the divinity, that union or yeah. um, presence of <laughs> divinity within your reality. Um, mm -hmm. Awesome. So, right. We, we kind of touched on the new age for a bit. So I'm going to segue into this. So we're, I'm going to cover new age and light workers. Um, so new age is applied to a... Poof, I mean, what is a new age these days? <laughs> it's applied to a range <laughs> of spiritual or religious beliefs and practices that grew rapidly in the Western world during the 1970s. Um, precise scholarly definitions of the new age differ in their emphasis, um, largely as a result of it's just so eclectic in its structure. Yeah. So, so eclectic. Um, I think anyone that's aware of new age spiritual practices these days, I mean, it's just so many different things conjuncting together um so although often considered to be religious those involved in it typically preferred the designation of spiritual or mind body spirit and rarely use the term mm -hmm. new age themselves um many scholars which is important don't use that when you're talking to someone they'll get mad right yes it, <laughs> it's so funny because i you know practice some new age things and i personally don't get yeah. offended because i'm like i'm very self-aware <laughs> Of what I'm doing. <laughs> like, I, I have a podcast about it. I know what, the, I know what we're about. Yeah. <laughs> but, but some people, I think because of the stigma of, like, New Age being like, mm, yeah. I don't know. There's no words, just oh, the sound. New yeah, oh, I'm New Age. People don't necessarily enjoy it being called New Age as much because I think it's been, um, yeah. um, its valid validity has been discounted because of its recent popularization in the past decades. Yeah. Um, so anyways, so many scholars of the subject refer to it as the New Age movement. We are for sure living mm -hmm. through it right now, although others um, contest this term and suggest that it is better seen as a milieu or zeitgeist. Um, as mm -hmm. a form of Western esotericism, the New Age drew heavily upon a number of older esoteric traditions, in particular those that emerged from the occultist beliefs that developed in the 18th and 19th centuries. <clears throat> so these influences include the work of Emanuel Swedenborg and Franz Mesmer, as well as the ideas of Freemasonry, spiritualism, new thought, and theosophy. Um, a number of mid-20th century influences such as the UFO religions of the 1950s, the counterculture of the 1960s, and the human potential movement also exerted a strong influence on the early development of the New Age. Um, the exact origins of the phenomenon remain contested, but there is general agreement that it became a major movement in the 70s, at which time it was centered largely in the UK. Um, and it expanded and grew largely into the 1980s and 90s, in particular within the United States. You know what I'm just realizing now is, as you're saying mm. all this is I think it's during this time period, too, that like the government was really getting into their... Like the undercover CIA operations of mind control. Oh and, yeah, like and all Project that Pegasus. Kind of, I mean, I, and... 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I know that was kind of, it became a thing, like, during World War II. Yeah. But I, I feel like World War II was, like, a catalyst in, like, all of this. Well, yeah, I think, um, all right, so, I mean, World War II, and it's often in times of war, um, you know, uh, where countries uh, and societies make their, the most technological um, advancements, um, and then there's mm-hmm. peacetime after the war, which everyone is, like, jubile. We have all these new inventions. Hello, plastic, and the havoc it, it has wreaked on our world. Um, but it was seen as this <laughs> brand new thing, and, and then the discovery of, you know, invention of Teflon and these things and um, these high-tech mm-hmm. things that are put into our homes. And it's post-war pre- peacetime is such an interesting setting for societies like very interesting yeah. things happen um i don't know if that's what you're getting totally. at but that's like uh, people i mean i think it's it's part people's of it, minds were sure. like kind of uh we're kind of blown and i mean we have like you know we're, we're stepping into the latter half of a century uh, where I, I feel like people started becoming a little more open-minded to things this particular war was also it occurred when radio was mm-hmm. a thing and then tvs yeah. came out so I think the peace that came from after the war was almost a little disturbed, like not as peaceful because now we had more access to like news going on around the world True. and hearing about crime more regularly. And so I I feel like it was a little rocky. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, pff, look at the 60s, turbulent 60s, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um Yes, I agree. There's there's a lot going on in those two decades, the fifties and sixties, that I think gave birth to I don't know, just yeah. Interesting times. Back to New Age. Back to New Age. age. So yeah, so New Age (laughs) was predominantly like in the seventies in the UK and then it started expanding into the US like eighties and nineties. New Age typically adopts a belief in a holistic form of divinity that imbues all of the universe, including human beings themselves. So there's a strong emphasis on the spirituality or the spiritual authority of the self. And this is accompanied by a common belief in a wide variety of semi-divine non-human entities, such as angels and masters with whom humans can communicate, particularly through the form of channeling. Um, And we talked about this in our um, spirit guides episodes, (laughs) too. Um, Typically viewing uh, typically viewing human history as being divided into a series of distinct ages, a common new age belief is that whereas once human humanity lived in an age of great technological advancement and spiritual wisdom, it has entered a period of spiritual uh, degeneracy, which will be remedied the, through the establishment of a coming age of Aquarius from which the milieu gets its name. Um, there is also a strong focus on healing, particularly using forms of alternative medicine, and an emphasis on the notion that spirituality and science can be unified. Um, and this is so. This is where light workers come in. Their origin argu- arguably began with a 1976 book by Brad Steiger and his use of the term "star people," also sometimes known as star seeds and indigo children. Um, and I actually have seen. Uh, questions pop up in some of our instagram story questions of what what is a star seed i think that came up in our astrology episode i'm like i don't think that has to like do with astrology so we didn't oh i think i did write like a tiny note but yeah maybe i didn't um i know a light worker Mm -hmm. 
and someone who identifies as all this. And I know that they do. They they go on podcasts. Oh, cool. We'll have them on. So, yeah, awesome. I'd love to. They're very awesome. cool. Again, that's another staff meeting. <laughs> so many staff meetings. Um, but yeah, so uh, star people, star seeds, indigo children. The idea being that certain people originated as extraterrestrials and arrived on Earth through birth or as a walk-in to an existing human body. Invasion of the body snatchers. Um, it, <laughs> it is a variant of the belief in alien-human hybrids. And I think that this is where Scientology kind of comes in. Ish. Kind of. That's more the souls of the souls of aliens. Right. Yes. Yeah. Of the. Yeah, it's a little. It's it's a little. It, I know it's. I know it's definitely different, but <laughs> it's just. I I just like. I'm connecting the dots of like all these derivatives working off of each other is always very interesting. But anyways, um, yeah. There are many different beliefs as to the oranges of star people or star seeds. The term star people was taken from an existing Native American spiritual concept. Uh, we wouldn't be doing a, our job if we didn't mention that there's some controversy here, um, as I'm sure mm-hmm. listeners are probably feeling where this road is going down. Many argue that the term <laughs> indigo child or starseed were used to describe children who were um, neurodivergent and was an excuse to not acknowledge or seek help with the inevitable diagnosis. Many now adults claim their neurodivergence was ignored while being treated as though they were a special being from another planet. That may have been the case then, but these beliefs have persisted into the 21st century and have become even more embraced. You may have heard talk about spiritual awakenings, uh, reptilians, and the fifth dimension. Um, these are all part of a light worker's belief. They claim mm-hmm. to come into human life forms and suffer helplessness and total amnesia concerning their identity, origins, and life purpose. The awakening process is described as either a gradual series of realizations over time or an abrupt and dramatic awakening of consciousness. And through the awakening process, they regain memories about their past origins and missions. Um, an, increase, an increase in intuition, psychic ability, and the sense of a more universal self that transcends moral or mortal identity are also commonly reported. Some claim communication via telepathy with unearthly beings, either physical or non-physical. Some believe that life exists on other planets, um, which I I believe that. We cannot be the only fucking planet in the entire universe that has life. Like, there's no way. Mm -hmm. Um, I have to interrupt. I have to stop interrupting myself because I keep losing my place. This is great. You're not the (laughs) only one having brain farts here. Um, so yeah, so most believe that they have lived on other planets and many recount experiences they claim are memories of life on other, in other worlds. Um, the concepts of spaceships, intergalactic travel, psychic memories, um, or psychic phenomena and sentient life forms in other galaxies are common. And most will say they've never felt at home here on earth, but have never been able to find an explanation as to why they feel that way. And that is in a nutshell light workers yeah and honestly there's a lot more that that could be said about them too um i know a couple of light workers um and as like you're reading the last part i was remembering the story i can't remember his name but there was a boy in russia i believe who from like as soon as he could talk was very much like 
I'm not from here. I'm from Mars. Oh, shit. And he's given a lot of detail that people have been like, how does he know this? I don't even... Lightworkers and the New Age movement are two things that I think... For a long time, I kind of pushed to the side. I was like, I don't even want to know. Like, this just sounds bogus. And then I, I, like, I forced myself to really look into it because I don't, I don't like being ignorant to right. things. Um, and I was coming across it more. And then I had, you know, some friends kind of talking about it that they were identifying that way, which I was like, okay, I really do need mm-hmm. to, you know, challenge my own personal belief sure. system here a little bit. And um, it is very, very interesting. The whole whole world, that community, um, I definitely want to look into it more. And then, like I said, there's a girl who does channeling and um, identifies as a starseed. And mm-hmm. I'll send you her page. Okay. That way you can, like, look cool. into it. Yeah, she's super um, cool. I just um, got the weirdest. She used to be local, oh, really? <laughs> but she moved. I just got the weirdest fucking text from Gavin. What I don't. Say? He's just like the most random person. Sometimes <laughs> it's like one of the things I love about him. But sometimes he just baffles me. Where I'm like, I don't know what to say to this. <laughs> so he, <laughs> we're so we're talking about like we keep fantasizing about having a cat, and obviously we're not going to get a cat while we're living at my parents' house. We're going to wait until we have our own place. Yeah. But sometimes he's he like will text me being like, "Where's our cat? I miss our cat. We don't even have a cat yet." And I'll be like, she's waiting for us, wondering why we don't have a home for her yet. <laughs> um, and then he switches and he's like, are we getting pizza for dinner? Exclamation mark, question mark, exclamation mark, question mark. And then she, he calls me dear. And then he goes, separate text, dear, with like five R's. And then I call him puppy. So I'm like, puppy, yes, we are pizza tonight for sure. And yeah. then he texts back, cholo fit for life, homie. <laughs> And I'm just like, what? So there's supposed to be a picture that goes with it? Knowing Gavin, he just watched like a funny video. And assumes you saw. No, no, no. He just will say it because it's funny to him that I am left in confusion. (laughs) Um, So yeah. And he's an Aquarius? Yeah. His humor. Aquarius? I swear. um, Yeah, that's like him and my sister are like buddies for sure because um I feel like the Gen Z humor is very random, like the randomer, the funnier. And he totally gets yeah. it because that's his humor. Yeah. He'll send me videos, like he'll send me on Instagram these videos of um um oh my god, what was the last one? Hold on, I have to I have to look it up. It was just <laughs> I don't understand what my life is right now with this guy. Um Oh, yeah, so it's of these two raccoons that are wrestle-playing. Like, Mm -hmm. they're pets in Russia, and I'm just watching them, like, wrestle-play. And he just sends that to me. And he's like, isn't it great? And I'm like... (laughs) I've always said, especially to Grandma, I want a pet raccoon. Like, I don't really, because they shouldn't be pets. In Russia, they are very common pets. I love the idea. Oh, okay. Now he sends me the the video that he's referencing. He literally, I'm like, (laughs) so he says, Cholo fit for life, homie. And I'm like, what? And he says, you'll get it. Instagram. Two separate texts. You'll get it. Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Anywho. I like it. 
Anywho, let's talk about Satanism. <laughs> Speaking of possums, let's talk about Satan. Satan. So I, I had, I felt like I had to include yeah. this just because they are part of the group. They are part of them. I'm the most scared um, of them, but they are the part of them. Sorry, I'm gonna be honest. Um. Yeah. I mean, I. Like I said, I I'm very big on challenging my own belief mm-hmm. system. So I definitely did spend some time looking into Satanism when I was a bit younger. Not so much as like, I want to worship Satan, but more as like, I at least want to know. What is it? What's it about? Like, that's, that is me in a nutshell. I just want to know. Like when twerking became popular, I don't want to twerk. I just want to know if I can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, throat singing. I don't want throat to. I just singing? Wanna, can I do it? Yeah. Like, it's not even, like, a culture that I belong to. Like, it's a cultural kind of thing. So, like, it's not something I'm going to do, but there's a part of my brain that's like, well, like, what if your life depended on it? Could you? (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's my brain. That's how I work. So I got to, like, at least, like, know a little bit about all kinds of things. I I feel that. I like research. Yeah. Um, um, So Satanism is a group of ideological and philosophical philosophical take your time don't hurt yourself (laughs) Ah, philosophical belief beliefs based on satan um contemporary religious practice of satanism began with the founding of the church of satan in 1966 and how apt of a year to found the church of satan 1966. I, I bet he wishes it was 1666. Oh, damn it. Just Sorry. three centuries behind. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> um, a few historical precedents do exist, though, prior to this. So, But anyway, prior to the public practice, Satanism existed primarily as an accusation by various Christian groups toward perceived ideological opponents rather than um, a self-identifying name. Like which? <laughs> Satanism... Yeah, Satanism and the concept of Satan has also been used by artists and entertainers for symbolic expression. Looking at you there, Iron Maiden. <laughs> yeah. Um, there are many variations of Satanism, such as Luciferianism, Order of the Nine Angels, Temple of Set, Reactive Satanism, and arguably demonology. And I say arguably because some will identify as Satanist and they practice demonology, and some people are they're, they're Catholic right. and they study demonology. Exactly. I mean, so. you, anyone can study demonology. Um, that's exactly mm-hmm. where I went. I'm like, you have like the Catholic priests that study it to know how to. It goes into their um, exorcism studies. Yeah. So <clears throat> the first I'm going to talk about is one of the more popular ones. Um, certainly close to us, as you mentioned in our last mm-hmm. episode, um, Anton LeBay. Yes. They lived in San Francisco in a black house. It's no longer black. I checked. What a bummer. And he also owned a pet lion that, when he died, was um, sent off to the San Francisco Zoo. Oh, shit. Though I can't remember if he's still there. But, yeah. I always thought that was really badass. To have a pet lion, but also, at the same time, so stupid. To have a pet lion. For so many reasons. Right, because you can't. Yeah. In a black house. I don't know. I'm I'm sure it's like a, a... not a huge ass like he's not gonna have a proper sanctuary to like give the no, and he's a lion he's a lion, <laughs> he's a lion. He doesn't belong exactly. in a house <laughs> so anyway 
Levian's Levian Satanism and the Church of Satan. Um, so that was founded, obviously, by Anton LaVey, who has been referred to as the father of Satanism. He created his religion through the establishment of the Church of Satan in 1966, as I said, and the publication of the Satanic Bible in 1969. Okay, I just have to say, like, what if he had, like, this idea of, like, let me start the Church of Satan. Ah, oh, damn it, it's only 63. I really should wait until 1966. <laughs> let me put a pin in. Let me just put a pin in this until 66. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But and then the Bible, he's like, well, I, c- I could could put it out now, but sixty nine. <laughs> and I'm also just remembering Graham's dad, I believe, went was uh, in the same class as Anton Lavey's oh, daughter, shit. who is now in charge of um, the Church of Satan. Yes, I've seen her on CNN before. That is She's cool. wearing a mm-hmm. a red pantsuit. Yeah, Love it. very, very, Pink very suit. um on the nose i think but she yeah she pulled it off (laughs) (laughs) um so his teachings promoted indulgence vital existence undefiled wisdom kindness to those who deserve it responsibility to the responsible and an eye for an eye code of ethics while shunning abstinence based on guilt spirituality unconditional love pacifism equality herd mentality and scapegoating and actually if you look up the i'm trying to remember it's not 10 commandments is it nine it's nine or 11 commandments they're actually not bad commandments they get a little Mm -hmm. iffy but they're not terrible got it interesting um they like it mentions like you can destroy somebody under a certain circumstance (laughs) right there's an asterisk (laughs) to it Um, in LaVey's view, the Satanist is a carnal, physical, and pragmatic being, and enjoyment of physical existence and an undiluted view of this world, of this worldly truth, are promoted as the core values of Satanism, propagating a naturalistic worldview that sees mankind as animals existing in an amoral universe. And I will also say this is different from the the Satanic Church, right, or the Satanic Temple. Right. That is actually more more of a they don't really believe in right. Satan. It's more um, like the so, uh, metaphorical sense of Satan. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Don't don't get mad at them. They actually are doing some good things. I promise. Um, <clears throat> another kind is theistic Satanism, also known as traditional Satanism, spiritual Satanism, or straight up devil worship. Ooh. It's a form of Satanism with the primary belief that Satan is an actual deity or force to revere or worship. Other characteristics of theistic Satanism may include a belief in magic, which is manipulated through ritual. Although this is not a defining criterion, and theistic Satanists may focus solely on devotion. Right. Yeah. And honestly, a lot of people... I can't, I can't actually say a lot of people. There are people within Satanism that became drawn to it because of abuse or um, just really traumatic experiences within maybe like the Christian mm-hmm. church or something yeah. else. Like something drove them away yes. to this. And I always have kind of looked at that as like, I'm, that's like, I'm sorry. Yeah. You didn't deserve that. You didn't deserve that at all. But then they find something that makes them feel good. And I, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. 
I listen to heavy metal. I think it's <laughs> so. That's not. That's a very like general. Like heavy metal is not satanic. I don't know why. Yeah, you went into all satanic <laughs> panic mode there. <laughs> Which is a whole nother thing that's very interesting. The satanic panic of the eighties. Yikes! Lots of um, documentaries and For stuff sure. like that. So another thing that falls, like I said, kind of under Satanism, kind of not, is demonology, which is the study of demons or belief about demons. Mm -hmm. They may be human or non-human, separable souls or discarnate spirits which have never inhabited a body. A sharp distinction is often drawn between these two classes, notably by the Milan... Melanesians? Uh, um, there we go. <laughs> Several African groups and others. The Islamic jinn, for example, mm. are not reducible to modified human souls. At the same time, these classes are frequently conceived as producing identical results. For example, diseases. <clears throat> Finally, we get to Luciferianism. Which I think the people that I know that fall under the Satanism umbrella fall under this. Okay. Um, so they can be understood best as a belief system or intellectual creed that venerates the essential and inherent characteristics that are affixed and commonly given to Lucifer. Luciferianism is often identified as an auxiliary creed or movement of Satanism due to the common identification of Satan or of Lucifer with Satan. Some Luciferians accept this identification and or consider Lucifer as the light bearer, um, an illuminated aspect of Satan, given, giving them the name of Satanists and the right to bear the title. Others reject it, giving the argument that Lucifer is a more positive and easygoing ideal than Satan. They are inspired by the ancient myths of Egypt, Rome, and Greece, Gnosticism, and traditional Western occultism. Yeah. So it's very like ironic, um, Lucifer's name because it literally means like light. It means light bearer, <clears throat> and you'd think yeah. like Lucifer having become Satan or the devil, like you know, ironic his fate. But which, like I said, if you read the Bible, the story of how that happens, it's not a very long story. It's very quick. it is very quick. Which so there's not like a lot of detail. Mm -hmm. Which I I think we was that the interview. I think it was your your interview. Uh -huh. We talked about it a little. Bit. Yeah, where you're like, where I was just kind of like, wait, what? Like what he just had <laughs> he just had a question. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like why did you give me these powers if I can't do the same thing as you? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. Um. Yes. Well, and then on uh opposite end of the spectrum, <laughs> moving into my. Neck of the woods, pusher Christian witches. Yes. Um, there isn't like a ton because I I mean, a lot of people think Christian and witch is an oxymoron. Um and but I mean it's I think it's very important, obviously, that we touch on it, me being a Christian witch and knowing that our other there are other Christian witches out there that may be more in the broom closet stuffed in there because they still identify as Christian and there's this fear of rejection. Do I come out to my family and this kind of fear of identifying yourself as a witch which i went through um and then even like a double-edged sword of like presenting yourself as a christian witch within the witch community and fearing that rejection of like that's not a thing <laughs> yeah. um so 
like a lot of people ask like how can you practice witchcraft if you're a christian i, I can only speak for myself really um because mm -hmm. for me i am a, a christian witch and a green witch uh and for me i just found myself i mean i think especially right being raised catholic and you grow up with like demonology and um probably latin catholicism is probably the most mystical i think of the christian sects i mean we throw incense around we believe that that pe that wafer crispy piece of bread and that wine <laughs> literally we're eating literally the body and blood of christ which is like right. you rock on very metal <laughs> um uh you know and um there's there's a lot of there's a lot a lot of mysticism in catholicism so i like for me it wasn't a big leap um i don't know about other you know witches that are christian witches that come from different sects of christianity um well mass itself is like one big ritual mass is one big ritual there's also a very beautiful um, form of ritual called teze that's not known as a, a proper mass but it's extremely meditative and it's extremely spiritual um, of course you have like the most mystic part of some um, what's the word uh, evangelical like the evangelical Christians mm -hmm. that they have like those experiences where you know they start speaking in tongues and stuff so it's a very obviously it's gonna be a very spiritual experience um, and uh, if you're a Christian witch, your practices will, will most likely be of stewardship of the world that God has created and you're calling upon God or Jesus or the, for me as a Catholic, I also call upon the Virgin Mary. Um, and I think for me personally, um, because there's the whole thing of like, you can't, um, equate yourself to the power of God and that's not what I'm doing at all. For me, it's like one big thing in my upbringing, I will say um, was uh, a big part of Christianity is like stewardship and mm -hmm. that's, um, caring for others in the community, caring for the earth and all of God's creation. So that was very simple for me to then put two and two together of being a Christian green witch. Um, obviously the green mm -hmm. witch part being very like earth centric, um, and nature centric. I mean, witchcraft in general is already nature centric. Um, but yeah, I think this is this is one thing that like I think both you and I had a lot of trouble googling and finding a yeah. ton of information on. Um I know that there is Christian mysticism just like there's Jewish mysticism and Islamic mysticism. Um so really that is just, you know, people who um create a balance between like their earthly presence and their union with God, right? Um, so for me, I'm, I wouldn't say that I am a mystic so much because I don't really work on constantly, you know, being in union with God. That kind of just happens when I'm in like mass and, you know, I do the communion, mm -hmm. the Eucharist. That's what it means. Like when you eat the, the body and blood of Christ is that you are in union, like Christ is literally within you. Um, but, um, yeah, I, it is going to be very short snippet. Because there's no, like, I don't have any, like, proper framed notes on this. I'm just speaking truly just straight from the heart right now. But um, you absolutely can be a Christian witch. And I'm surprised that people say you cannot be a witch and a Christian. There are so many 
um, kind of witchy practices just within Christianity and its history. Yeah. I mean, you have a baby that's born under a freaking like celestial event and three magi come and present fucking frankincense and myrrh to it. And then we, um, you know, dip people into holy water to bathe themselves and every, you know, we have so many rituals ourselves. And so it's like, uh, I think because Christians have been pitted against witches and witches pitted against Christians and just like history, Mm -hmm. we're the ones that point and call you witch and you know throw you in the fire and stuff um that it's become this uh i think misunderstood oxymoron to be a christian witch yeah and for me it's like i believe in god i believe in the historical christ um i have a catholic upbringing i still go to catholic uh, masses i don't know if i would like consider myself a catholic still because i am um diverging in what Catholicism is, obviously, mm-hmm. as being a witch. Uh, but you also right. look at, um, like, Latin American culture with, like, curanderas. And that comes from basically, and very similar to, like, when Christians approached uh, pagans and kind of, like, refabricated things under the guise of being Christian. But really, it was just kind of bridging the gap yeah. to get pagans to initiate into Christianity. Um, you have the indigenous of latin america that um they became catholic but they still brought with them their practices um Mm -hmm. like you know using palo santo and you see that often in latin american catholic ceremonies too um and also there's this i think a very beautiful mirror of how we were talking earlier like the divine masculine the divine feminine and how we don't regard we don't say that the virgin mary is a deity but we regard right. her very, very highly as Catholics. And you can see, like, God and Jesus plus, you know, the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. as being kind of, like, collectively the divine masculine. And then the Virgin Mary um, representing that divine feminine. And so there's definitely right. that duality there. For me, I'm just going to be, like, a realist. And I've also um, taken a lot of classes on, like, the history of religion and looking at the historical Jesus past what we know in the Bible that was selected for us. There are so many, so many different books, um, like the uh, apocryphal mm-hmm. books that just weren't included in the official Bible that a bunch of like right. hundreds and hundreds of years ago, a bunch of old men just like had a, a conference and decided what was going to be included and what was not going to yeah. be included. And Kings. That used it to rule. Their, yes, like I'm gonna. Their people. Exactly, like I'm. Um, believe what you want to believe. I'm not saying that like my form of Christian witchcraft is gonna be the mm-hmm. same as yours. Um, just like there are so many different kinds of Christianity and so many different kinds of witchcraft. Truly, just like find your way, but know that if you're a Christian witch and you're deep in the broom closet because you're afraid of both of those sides of rejection from your Christian part of life and that witchcraft part of your life. It's difficult to reconcile the two. I definitely went through like a major identity crisis where I thought like I can't I'm not being either because it feels the opposite to me like how can I be both? But um I accept you. I love you and know that like what you're practicing is is okay. You can reconcile the two. The way that I do is just that um I I believe that the energy that I'm pulling from is from God that my abilities in in albeit underdeveloped uh, and mediumship are god-given just like any Mm -hmm. of your other talents um 
and that it is my job as a witch to pull from and protect the energies and the basically the the living physical world that we're in now. So being a good mm-hmm. person, caring for others in your community and caring for the earth and the planet and this home that God has created for us. And that is my three or four cents, I guess, on Christian witchcraft. Yeah. Um, but yes, I mean, often when I do rituals that aren't within like the Catholic realms of witch rituals, like when I'm doing like spell casting or something, um, I'm calling upon God. Um, I see deities as more mm-hmm. of like the as we said earlier, the Jungian archetypes, like what they represent. Right. So I don't really call upon them. I think that they're, um, I see them as. They always remind me of like saints. Yes. St. Anthony. Yeah. That's all I knew. St. Anthony. Yeah, no, like you just say like St. Okay. And at least like in Spanish, we have like a whole like prayer that rhymes right. that when you lose something, you say it to help you find the thing. But at the same time, like hearing it, like I know for me, like when I started to get into witchcraft and stuff, I was like, that's not a big leap. You're calling on somebody mm-hmm. with something, yes, in particular to call absolutely. For like I just thought, when you look at Christian mysticism, it really different. was a bridge for um, pagans to be converted into Christianity, and they really sold mm-hmm. them on like the magic of like the Holy Spirit um, and the magic of the saints, pretty much like the powers, mm-hmm. the godly given powers that they had. And that they had their own powers in their living life and that their remains, their relics, uh, continue on that power and magic um, right. even after their passing. <laughs> and then we got like for like Catholics, we got our rosary. That's like our like um, yes. uh, very much a talisman, you know, as yes. well as a practical mm-hmm. prayer counting tool. Um, but, you know, I know so many people who hang rosaries above their beds like I'm one of them as like a form of protection and this and that. And um, I'm not going to say that all of Christianity, Christianity is witchcraft, but there's a lot that has been adopted and a lot has been um, created to, to bridge that gap for neo for not neo pagans, but just pagan pagans of the time. Yeah. What surprises people sometimes is I do still believe in God, mm-hmm. but it's, okay. I have a different, I believe in a different type of God. I don't believe in, christian god but it's probably closer to like um i know some people in the new age movement will call it source Mm -hmm. like the source of everything um you know indigenous people might say creator Mm -hmm. our creator um i still say god just because that's what i grew up with that's That's what comes to my mind first and in science world to me it's everything came from the big bang yes and what existed from the Big Bang, what caused it, I don't, that's what I call God. Right, because it's like what was so. before the Big Bang, though. It's like what was... Mm-hmm. The universe is expanding, but in what? <laughs> Into what? <laughs> Which is yeah. so wild. And I think it's it's that kind of mindset that is what leads people to looking for something different. Yeah. For leading to, you know, what do I actually believe in this world? They look for some comfort and absolutely i think if anyone is listening to this podcast um and particularly for the witchy portion because i know we have some people who are Mm -hmm. separate and only listen to the paranormal true crime fun stuff but um if you're in it uh for the the witchy stuff too and you're intrigued by it i think you know it's safe to say that you're a person that is really like questioning the world around you you know um whether you are atheist or not um because i know that there are agnostic you know practitioners of witchcraft yeah. and and 
Wicca and all that. Um, so yeah, like it's just we're all figuring it out, man. We're all trudging along yeah. and doing our best. Um, and if you have it all figured out and you have all the answers, um, at us. <laughs> Well, but also, like, why are you here yeah. then? If you have all the answers, why haven't you, like, transcended into some, like... <laughs> just... Like, the end of that movie... What was that movie? Lucy? Oh, Where my Scarlett God. Johansson yeah, she takes... literally, literally she gets... transcends into just <laughs> being one with the whole fucking universe. That was... That's what that I... Was such a trippy... Always imagined when people are, like, you have you have to get woke and, like, transcend, like... My brain would immediately go to I don't to want that. to end up like that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, that was a really, really wild movie. Yeah. Anyway. Anywho, thanks for listening. Um, yes. I think we should wrap it up. Are we, we've covered everything, right? Is there anything left in our notes? Yeah. I mean, as much as we, we can. I mean, I know this is going to be a long episode. <laughs> Thank but you so much somebody for said... it, guys. Um, if you're if you're still here, congrats. Yes. I've heard some people say, like, I wouldn't mind if these were longer. Oh, cool. Yeah, I, I get so, that. I, I, for those yeah, people. We've delivered. You're welcome. You <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, guys. So I'm Maria. I'm Laura. And thank you for listening to The New Witches. We hope we've given you a lot to think about and um, helped others that are witch adjacent feel more welcome in this community. Um, you're one, you're of, one us. of us now. And yeah, so let's do our outro. Uh, follow us on social media at the new witches on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us on Facebook under the new witches podcast. Um, we can look us up on our website. Uh, we do have a listener story episode coming up. Uh, we'd love your submissions. We're a little low right now, so we're like kind of desperate. Please send some in. <laughs> like even I'd be willing to just like send in your story of how you discovered. Yeah, if it's like how even. you find your just... past. Honestly, it doesn't have to be spooky. It doesn't, but it helps. <laughs> I mean, if we, I'll find a spooky story. Yeah, if you guys don't send it in, be. we're gonna just. I don't know. Talk about our own spooky shit or something. I'll make sure you can't sleep. <laughs> we'll punish you. No, but um, <laughs> yeah. So if you do have, and please, please, if you do have, would please do send it in a, a creepy, witchy, true crime, paranormal story. Um, you can send it in on our website, thenewwitches.com. On our contact page, we have a form that you can fill out there. Um, or if you'd like to email it directly in, you can email us, thenewwitches at gmail.com. Again, we mentioned um, that this podcast is brought to you by just us so far for now. Just us. For now, and um, we would so appreciate your support. Again, we have goals to get better equipment, soundproofing, uh, be able to generate the more of the content that you guys love. Um, and you can support us on patreon.com slash the new witches. Um, we have different levels that you can pledge and we would so appreciate it. We'll give you exclusive benefits as a member as well. And you'll be part of our um, other social private uh, online communities too, where you can connect with other listeners. And yeah, guys, that's pretty much it. Stay witchy. Yeah. Keep it creepy. 
even though we didn't talk about anything creepy, <laughs> just still continue. Laura to be will always encourage episode. everyone to continually <laughs> keep it creepy. I'll I'll say keep I'll, it and creepy. stay witchy and <laughs> peace. Bye guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye.